that right? That's good. Hello! Yeah, I already did the sound check. You participated in it. Well, yeah, but, you know, uh, we were discussing other technical matters, and I wasn't sure if we were still a go, and now we're a go. Hello! <laughs> HPV, we watch bullshit. I'm uh, Brad. I'm Chris. How's everybody? Uh, every, I don't know. They can call in, call in live. How call are us, you doing, call Chris? Call us right now and tell <laughs> us how you are. Yes, call us through the imaginary landline. Um, I'm I'm fine. Yeah, my, my eye still doesn't work right. Why? What happened? Oh, I don't know. Like my eye just kind of took a shit. Like a few weeks ago, like all of a sudden one day it's just like ah. Really? No, I can't see. Nobody punched you. No. Okay. Not not that I know of. Are you completely blind in your left eye? No, everything's just very fuzzy and gross. Oh. It gives me headaches. Um, well, you know... Other I... than that, I'm doing fantastic, Brad. Yeah. Oh, my gracious. Well, I hope you get that checked out and feel better soon. I'm for sure not sake, going Chris. to. Nope. I'm going <laughs> to turn up the radio and hope it goes away. God bless America. Mm-hmm. Speaking of America... Raw deal. Raw deal, Brad. Your eye got a raw deal. You shut the hell up. <laughs> okay, Arnold Schwarzenegger got a raw, raw deal. deal. And nobody gives Schwarzenegger a raw deal. What do you suppose was the raw deal that he got? Because everything seemed to work out pretty good. It was that, it, as it was very well explained by the screenplay, Chris, at the very beginning of the movie, Darren McGavin reminded Schwarzenegger that he had been drummed out of whatever he was doing in the FBI because he had to make a terrible decision of either stay with the FBI, be accused of whatever horrendous crime, we still don't know what it was, and be forced to resign and be publicly humiliated, or he could just voluntarily resign and become a small-town sheriff in, where were they, Chicago? Outside, uh, no, the the gang was in Chicago. I have no idea. And uh, like suburbs of his Chicago. His wife says that they used to live in New York. We used to live in New York. Sloshing through her wine and her her lovely Wait, so staggering we're jump, faces. We're just jumping right into it, huh? Well, you know, it's the beginning of the movie. It's the brilliant setup of well, why I, I wanted to Schwarzenegger ask you got a raw question, deal. Yeah, though, Brad. Yeah. So, since I I brought this, how did you how did you like raw deal? Did did you en- did you enjoy this at all? Oh yeah, fuck yeah, great movie. Because it fucking rules, right? Yeah, fuck <laughs> yeah, dude. It's a wonderful classic. It's a perfect example of uh, '80s action movies, and um, I mean, I love watching them now because when they first came out, I remember this was like standard entertainment. You know, here's this person who just somehow is put on a mission to set things right. Doesn't matter. Uh, what the thing is, he's going to set it right, and here's a gang of gangsters who are all very bad men, and they deserve to die, and he comes in with a gang of weapons, God knows how he got them, and he blows the shit out of everything that these bad guys put together. Not just the bad guys, but their houses, their girlfriends, the clubs they do all their crimes in, everything gets blown up in one way or another. And then usually, like in this movie... The bad guy's girlfriend falls in love with the good guy because Arnold's so beefy and kind. He he is a lot of beef in this movie. (laughs) There are several just straight on, just shirtless Arnold shots. Well, this was shortly, I think this was his first lead 
after Terminator. So Ooh. he, um, yeah, I'm pretty sure. Because in this one, uh, you'll notice, again, uh, he comes out with the two guns when he does the uh, raid on the nightclub. And the two guns that he's carrying in some of the poses, not directly, of course, but they're reminiscent of the Terminator uh, assault on the police station. So I think they did a couple of things here and there where they were kind of playing off of the concept of the uh, unstoppable um, killing machine. Yeah, know? and I think uh, I think this is a movie that a lot of people might overlook because it's not one of the huge Schwarzenegger movies. This isn't never Terminator. was. This isn't yeah. Predator. This, exactly, yeah. exactly. But I think that's part of its charm. You know. Uh, I mean, it still has massive explosions. And again, this is before CGI bullshit. So they literally had gas, propane, canisters, barrels of, uh, you know, flammables, expendables, all of this stuff. And I mean, they blew up a fucking building. They did that for real. Yeah. Uh, Like we were talking about, like, okay, we get one shot at this. Uh Exactly one. (laughs) Yeah, but you know what? In those days... They still would have had at least six or eight cameras set up in different places so that they could make sure that that one shot really, uh, that they got it, that they got their money's worth, you know. This this, this was still the uh, professional action stunt teams and all of that stuff, you know. I mean, unfortunately, they still don't get any Oscars or Oscar nominations or anything Side note, you can thank uh, Arnold Schwarzenegger for the Taurus Stunt Awards to acknowledge stunt performers and things like that because he agrees with the stunt community that they should be awarded for putting their lives on the line and literally risking life and limb. And uh, Taurus' is, uh, sponsor, Taurus is the, um, what is that, that Red Bull sports strength shit? Oh, yeah. Yeah. Uh, the Flugen something. Yeah, the Red Bull. So Red Bull sponsors the Taurus Awards, and the Taurus Awards are geared for uh, the stunt community to acknowledge the work that they did the past year, you know, or previous year. So uh, anyway, Arnold is a big fan of that, spokesman of that, and um, so this movie Raw Deal is a perfect example of when stuntmen before CGI really were driving cars into shit (laughs) you know firing guns taking squibs and bullet hits and then dropping three stories into a pile of gravel i mean none of that shit's easy here's the thing we want you to ride this motorcycle we're gonna blow up this thing it's gonna set you on fire and then we need you to lay the bike down yeah and the best thing about the stuntmen is they go cool all right yeah yeah, yeah. I mean, I fucking love the stunt community. We're essentially throw a firebomb at you <laughs> on yeah. a motorcycle. I love the stunt community, dude. I love it. I worked with uh, a guy, Nick Planico. You probably heard me talk about him before, but, I mean, I trusted that guy with my life. He set me on fire like three, four times easily, you know? And um, bullet hits, all of that stuff. I knew when uh, he called me, whatever it was that we were going to do, I mean, I was going to walk away from it. It didn't matter, you know. Mm-hmm. Just tell me what the gag is. I don't care. Yeah. You know, crash the car, fine. Shoot the gun, okay. <laughs> you know, it's just, uh, and that's that's the way you should be approaching the game. It's just having fun like that. So this 
raw deal, if nothing else, you can see, like a lot of these guys in the movie, the stuntmen, they're given small parts and everything too. So, you know, they have the fun to work with Arnold in scenes and all of that stuff. This is classic, classic fucking action stuff. Dude, the car stunts in this movie are Fan-fucking-tastic. Yeah, and it's old mo- Oldsmobiles and Lincoln Continentals, so you've got that the fucking, length and the weight. Or that you know? Jeep that they were just plowing that through that lumberyard. <laughs> Man. Yeah, that was cool. And then the uh, convertible, when he just kicks out the windshield. Well, first he shoots at it, then he's <laughs> kicking at it, using the gun, beats out the windshield, and then... After he drives it around, they drive it right into the fucking dump truck. <laughs> and then the other truck comes up behind him and sandwiches it. Oh, my God. It's it's brilliant. Brilliant or, stuff. Or, yeah, they do the uh, thing where they take the top half off the car. It's real-life it kids playing with Tonka trucks. I mean, these are producers with the money to make real-life Tonka truck play action happen on movie screens. It's fucking beautiful, dude. Uh-huh. And throw some guns in there, too. Oh, of course, bunch guns. Of guns. You know, and remarkably, I will say this for the restraint of the movie. This is a was a Dino De Laurentiis production. Oh yeah, yeah. God bless Dino. Oh yeah. Yes, and again, restraint. How many exposed boobies were there in this movie? And I mean boobies in the most respectful way. Uh, I believe zero. Zero. This was a movie when it released, because of the body count, it still released as rated R. So they had the opportunity to throw at least one pair, and you know which pair I'm talking about, and they did not ask that actress to do that. Are you sure about that? Because I almost guarantee you they asked her, and she probably said no. Well, here's the thing, is that I I don't dispute that, but if they had asked her... She could very easily have said no. She could have very easily have said, I will for an extra $25,000 or an extra $50,000 or something like that. In which case, they would have said no. And she would have said, that's fine. You know, I look good in this dress anyway. Mm-hmm. You know. I so, think the closest we get is the uh, jogger. <clears throat> that's yes. the closest to like a naked woman that we get. It, the braless half shirt. Yeah. Yes. Mm-hmm. And, uh, and, you know... Again, restraint, because this was the 80s, this was a time, like even Tango and Cash has this this pair just pop this, up out of nowhere yeah, where you're obligatory. like... obligatory. Yeah, it's like, why? What? Why? It's not even a strip club. What is the point of having these out? I mean, not that I'm complaining, but I'm just, it, it, it yep. literally is a distraction like, at like that point. Like any Chuck Norris movie where it's just like, oh, there's some tits, all right. <laughs> Well, at I, least I, I, I expected it, but I wasn't sure where. <laughs> yes, exactly, exactly, and th- that's Golden Globus. So you know, even if they're not going to do a, a full-on uh, display, you're going to get side boob. You're going to get something, mm-hmm. you know, because that's Golden Globus, and those guys, those guys knew how to make movies too. <laughs> <laughs> sure, man. <laughs> Well, you know, until but I, all those I can't other help but think though happen. that part of the reason that this doesn't go down in like the pantheon of the great Schwarzenegger movies is because this movie is goddamn ridiculous. In and, what way? And if you notice, think about all of Arnold's biggest hits. They're all weird sci-fi movies. Well, 
He took a lot of interesting roles, which is why I think that he was so big. So when he did just straight action, especially this early in his career, nobody really gave a shit. Well, uh, I revert back to what I was saying earlier about how this is more like a, a comic book movie. Oh, where yeah. even with, uh, even within the realm of the action cinema movie world, this movie is like, um, you know... Um, uh, a B movie with a a good budget, you yeah, know, yeah, a good explosion budget, something like that. But um, but still a B movie, not something that you should look at to really try to find um, nuggets of wisdom or any gems like that. Which again, remarkable. There's no nudity in this thing, considering the main manufacturer of it uh, is this crime story about. A woman who's effectively sold to Arnold, as you, <laughs> as you pointed out, quite oh, well. Man. Yeah, I mean, it's this bizarre negotiation thing. We can we can get into that, but so <clears throat> so that's the merits of this movie, though, is that it's it's all about uh, this. Really, was Arnold's main uh, push as an action hero, and I think um, while they were still cashing in on here is this huge hunk of beefcake with guns just going in and doing all of these inhuman things there were still those other future movies to make you know to kind of shape what his public persona was going to be and for a while they had a handle on it but then you know that it was such such outlandish shit he was making you can only carry it on so long you know what i mean I mean, by the time Eraser came out, it was like, oh, okay, oh, let's man. just go and, yeah, whatever. You know what I mean? Eraser's fantastic. In its and way, but... With, with the I exception can of the fact that it's like two and a half hours long, and I always forget that when I turn on Eraser and go, I don't have time for this. <laughs> <laughs> well, I remember getting um, to the point where he's uh, going and he's picking up the two guns and he's firing two laser gun things and i swear um it reminds me of fucking um the ben stiller movie where uh you know they're in vietnam and they're making that movie oh, tropic thunder <laughs> yeah it reminds me of tropic thunder remember in the open when they're talking about the world froze over again and then now he's got a baby, and they show him with these two guns. And all I think of, I mean, now, is I associate, like, Eraser with that sort of absurdity, you know? And uh, anyway, so there was, a, there was a point where he was prime, and this was still kind of figuring out what was his public persona going to be. And I think this movie, too, um, was a little bit of just practice for Arnold. Oh, yeah. Because they expect him to do a lot more acting than he should have. At they this tried stage to make him career. a romantic leading man in one scene, <laughs> two scenes, yeah. which is like, ooh, that feels weird. I don't know why, but it just doesn't seem to. And it's more than just the accent. It almost just feels like we're watching a, a not an acting one hundred and one, but maybe a acting second season class or something like that, where you're like, oh, um, hmm, so we're dealing with familiarity and inter intimacy scenes, are we? All right, great. Uh. <laughs> and I really like that uh, 
Like, he's proven throughout his career that he could do comedy. Like, you know, he did Twins and all that shit. But yeah. the attempts Well, he at studied comedy, with Milton Berle. Well, I know, but, like, the basis of all the comedic films that he's in is mm-hmm. look at how out of place he is. Yeah. Uh-huh. And in this, they try and do that thing where he's, like, slick and funny and charming, and it he falls dick first <laughs> in every fucking scene where they try and do that. Well, yeah, but I still give them credit insofar as trying to keep him grounded in uh, real-world sort of situations. So he's walking in as a heavy into a mob world, and he's literally saying, uh, I want to be your next enforcer. So it's like, okay, you're you're a big bunch of beefcake. (laughs) So the idea that you would want to be anything but an enforcer would would make even less sense. You know what I mean? So to test you out, we're going to send wave after wave of mid men in their mid-50s to fight the scientifically the most muscular man on earth. Well, um, Chris... This movie's fantastic, bro. How else would you do it, Chris? <laughs> what I love is Robert Davi. Because oh, man. Robert Davi... Brilliant guy. Robert Davi is sitting there going, uh, that's my job. No, fuck you. Now, in the real criminal world, I imagine that Robert Davi would be like, oh, you're serious? This stranger from nowhere showing up at my front door saying he wants my job? Pistol out. Boom. Dead. (laughs) Schwarzenegger gone. Oh, I'm sorry you had to see that, boss. You know what? This one's on me. It's a free one. You don't have to worry about it. I'll get this mess cleaned up right now. Go get four or five guys, because this dude's enormous. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Exactly. You know what? Tell tell whomever to come in with the cart. We'll just roll his ass into the cart and just, you know, trolley him out, out the back. Whatever, you know. But, I mean, he wouldn't last. And this is the thing about Hollywood movies, that no matter what, even when they were in their prime... You always have to understand, the mob doesn't fucking work that way. Oh, here's a stranger. Oh, he just happens to know so-and-so who's got the perfect plan to get us into a place. But like every other Schwarzenegger movie, it's not just here's a stranger. Here's a gigantic Austrian. (laughs) (laughs) And the way he introduces himself, he blows up, like you said, blows up the fucking warehouse says, I'm the guy who blew up your shit. And they're like, what the fuck are you doing on our doorstep? And he's like, I want a job. And they're like, oh, okay, you're hired. What? Who are you? What's your name? All right, well, we'll give you a chance because you broke up some of Lemansky's. Let me throw you one guy's name. Let me throw you one guy's name who works in a city on, you know, the other side of the country or wherever the fuck, right? And good luck tracking that guy down. But he'll vouch for me. And then they have the scene where Robert Davi's sitting with him, and the guy's like, I don't know who the fuck this is. <laughs> and the boss man is still like, yeah, I like him. I like Schwarzenegger. You're just being paranoid. And Robert Davi's like, what What else do I have to do? You know? It's a great fucking movie. Oh, man. <laughs> so, okay, so we've completely destroyed telling... Uh, any oh, sort oh, of story? plot. All yeah. Right. Uh, Why don't well, you take that, Chris? <laughs> um, uh, an FBI agent's son is murdered, murdered. because yes. they are watching over a uh, state's witness. 
Right. They've got him just in a cabin, and a group of assassins come in, kill every FBI agent there, and the mm-hmm. witness. Right. Pretty right, good right. fucking gunfight scene. Yeah, nice opener. And again, all practical effects, so you're watching guns, guns either with real bullets or blanks in them, depending on the camera angle and what they're actually shooting. But at that time, yeah, they would probably have used some real bullets once or twice for bullet strikes or just to get a nice flare out of it, you know. But again, you're dealing with professionals who really understood what the fuck they were doing, you know. So anyway, uh, great shootout. They uh, go in and um, everybody dies. And like you said, one of the FBI guys was uh, Darren McGavin's son. And Darren McGavin is rightly outraged and contacts Arnold Schwarzenegger and says, I got a job for you, but it's off the books because they killed my son, the bastard. So I want you to infiltrate, track down and kill them back for me. And and we learned that they know each other because uh, Arnold used to work for him at the FBI, but now he's a small town sheriff because he was given the choice that if uh, this case went to trial, mm-hmm. he could either resign or they would end up just kicking him out, as yeah. he says. Well, you know, this is the big question mark, and it's never really revealed what was the thing. And maybe it was revealed, but it still doesn't make sense. But no. what was the thing that they were holding over him to force him to decide to resign voluntarily rather than, you know, stay and get prosecuted, whatever the fuck? Never really get into that, but that's the uh, carrot that Darren McGavin has, Mm -hmm. is, hey, help me get revenge, murder some people for me, and uh, I'll do what I can to get you your badge back. Yes. And Arnold's like, you know what, my wife is a drunk and she hates me for moving to Chicago, and uh, the implied consequences that he can't get his dick wet anymore, so he decides to go undercover... So that his wife will love him again, even though he doesn't tell her anything about no, going undercover. No, they tell us later in the film that nobody's told her that he's not dead. He's literally disappeared. Yeah, they staged his death, so she and a thinks... a factory explosion. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Massive factory explosion. So she thinks her husband is dead along with countless other people who would she have died thinks, in the explosion. She thinks he is evaporated in yeah, a ball like, of fire. Yeah, like not even, oh, well, he's in a coma. Maybe he'll come out of it. No, he's dead, planted. Not even planted. He's, you know, uh, concentrated dust and ash. He, he has been erased from this earth. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, uh, and that's what she believes. Nobody has done anything. Darren McGavin is just like, well, you got to focus on the mission, yeah. right? So, uh, so off Arnie goes. And, but we have to also mention that she is also stuck in this small town because of him and a complete lush. Just yes. absolutely wasted. So she is, it's, it's very likely that she would fall into a depressive state oh. and start oh. even more heavily abusing alcohol. Oh, if not moving on to other sort of easily uh, attainable antidepressants and things like that. Along with sustained alcohol use, yeah. Oh, yeah, absolutely. And, you know, the flip side of the argument is they live in a pretty nice house. She's got a roof over her head. There's money coming in. What's she got to complain about, for fuck's sake? 
So who knows? You know, I'm just saying there are other ways to look at the situation. That's yeah, all. They both so. just decide unilaterally <laughs> that dash she's fine. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so uh, Arnold goes undercover, and it's uh, to Chicago. Oh, dude, you know what? All of that being said, we never saw the reunion with his wife. No oh, spoilers. Just... We haven't gotten there yet, but yeah. So, End of the movie, he and Darren McGavin are, like, hugging each other, right? Uh-huh. Like, yay, we're both manly men and we survived. And where's the wife? Fuck her! Apparently she's at home and pregnant. Well, I don't know about she's not. pregnant. What? Yeah. <laughs> How did I miss that? That's oh, hilarious. Man. But, yeah, uh, so That's Arnold brilliant. just shows up in Chicago to mm-hmm. start fighting, uh... uh Lemansky. He's trying to break up a bunch of Lemansky's uh Right. Operations uh, yes. around town. Yeah, because Lemansky's a super bad, bad guy. And um Well he's the up he's the fresh faced up and comer. Yeah. On and, the he's scene. Like, and he's that like sixty year old yeah. man. Yeah. Yeah, exactly. The sixty year old Jewish gangster is the uh fresh new face on the scene. And, and he's, he's trying to muscle into, in. And he's cutting in on the uh main gangster's territory. What's the main gangster's Couldn't name? Couldn't fucking tell ya. Uh let well let's give him a, a name. He's got the white top on his white top works. Alright, white top. So um so White Top's the main uh gangster bad guy and uh Arnold Schwarzenegger's Mission is to target Lemansky and take him out and demonstrate so, his value to White Top. Yes, and, and uh, uh, Scarface bad guy Robert Dobby. No, that was a uh, no. Uh, the number two in command is the uh, isn't he the South American coke dealer in Scarface? Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's <laughs> right. Yeah, good, good eye. Yeah, yeah that fucking movie ain't right. sucks. <laughs> I fucking hate that movie. You don't like Scarface? I super don't. Hmm. It is way too long and real boring. See, you are um, um, swine. Yes, I know. <laughs> no, no, it's it's fascinating to me how um, how much uh, attention span has been. Uh, um, affected by the different forms of media that are available now, right? Because there was, and I know how I sound. I fucking hate how I sound, but the but in, you're gonna do it anyway. In the days I remember, you had three channels. You had a schedule. You had you know when you went to a movie theater, there weren't all of the commercials and all of that stuff. I mean, the oil smears that Tarantino puts in, you know, in his nostalgic movies and stuff. That's what it was when you went to the movie theater. That was it, you know, until the movie started. So, if, um, I was just fucking talking about this with John earlier today. That's the crazy thing, is we were talking about 2001 and how that movie feels slow now because it was paced in such a very specific, deliberate way for what it is. And I wonder now if it's harder for us to actually appreciate these movies because we are uh, um, effectively programmed to want our quick cuts and want our, you know, change of topic and want some sort of, you know, new angle on something when really there are so many aspects of um, certain forms of cinema that require this 
subdued, prolonged study of moments, scenes, you know, experiences where the requirement is that you sit subdued and observe what is happening as the experience itself without interruption, you know? So anyway, that's but see a the difference between Scarface and 2001 though, is that 2001 is like really beautifully shot mm -hmm. and Scarface has Al Pacino run around like an asshole. Well, yeah, I mean... So, so, I mean, you can talk about attention spans all you want. There's a reason that I don't like Scarface, and it's because I think it's just absolutely ridiculous, and it bothers me to watch. Well, I will agree that it is ridiculous in a lot of ways. And when I talk about pacing with that one, there are certain elements that I think, um, as I watch it... Like, Brian De Palma has made some movies where... Um, you can tell scenes are specifically paced and structured certain ways. Now, Scarface doesn't really suffer from that so much, but um, uh, it is an example of a movie that is much more about the drama aspect of the crime, regardless of how massively the, um, the crimes are, or even the action at the end. Because, I mean, dude... He gets shot to shit, and the excuse is that he's just going through mounds of coke, but he's got all of these bullet strikes that would have dropped any normal person. So much so that when he falls, and I mean, I love all of this cinematically, but again, it's one of those things that is like just so absurd, you gotta go with it. He falls into the pool, and he's so riddled with bullets and blood that the splash up is just this gout of red water and blood. I mean, it's fucking beautiful, dude. Makes no fucking sense. It's disgusting. It's bizarre. But in that fucking movie, it's like that is the, the fucking gangster way to fucking go out in a whole volley of bullets and blood. And, you know, you literally splash make this impact, you know? Yeah, and if it were an hour and a half shorter, I would have really appreciated it for a lot more. Everybody get a look at the bad guy. You need a bad guy, here I am, you know. Great shit. But I agree with you. It could have been trimmed down quite a bit. And again, that to me is We've some of Brian very far afield, but as far as we're yeah. on on Pacino, do yeah. you want to know my absolute favorite Pacino moment in cinema history? Oh god. Go. Have you seen The Devil's Advocate? Oh. Which one? I mean, which scene? Which scene? <laughs> Where uh, they're in his office and they're walking Keanu Reeves through. Mm -hmm. And he says something about, like, well, where does he eat over there? Where does he sleep? He doesn't sleep. Where does he fuck? And Al Pacino just comes on and goes, everywhere! <laughs> it's fucking fantastic. Yeah, that's, that's my favorite Pacino moment of all time. Yeah, it's that's the a best. good one. That, yeah, okay. Yeah, that's a good one. So Arnold is uh, breaking up this dice game. Yeah, so uh, that's his first target, right, uh -huh. is the dice game. Yep. So uh, he buys his way into an underground casino, which obviously would be an illegal, illicit underground casino, and um, immediately busts the tables with... Um, Two steel, um, what do they call that? Ball bearings? Magnets, yeah. And uh, he's like, I think the table is crooked. And the guy's uh, like, it's yeah. not crooked. He's like, 
I think the table's wrong. I want to talk to Mr. Lomansky. Yeah. It's like, fuck you. Yeah. Well, the funny thing is, is once again, the guy behind the table, whoever that employee is, you know, um, running the table, goes, Lomansky's not here. The guy behind the table would be like, who the fuck are you talking about? Get the fuck out of here. You know what I mean? Yeah. There's no Lomansky here. Arnold is the only one who isn't dressed like an absolute schlub. Yeah, uh huh. He comes in, comes in with oh, dressed dude. with slicked back hair and a suit, and it's all these grungy dudes just like throwing money on a table. Well, you know what's funny too is that um, for some reason, for some reason, I thought his uh, hair was like more. Uh, full in this viewing than in previous viewings like i don't know why but i thought he had really grease slicked it back like like real you know uh goomba style and uh in this movie i was like oh no he's actually i mean like when he's standing side by side with robert davi i'm like oh they actually made arnold's hair look nice there good for arnold all right he doesn't look like you know he's just some some lunkhead yeah you know so he uh, beats the living shit out of everybody inside. <laughs> throws right. the dealer into the rafters. <laughs> Dude, that was a great stunt, though. Yeah, I mean, literally picks the guy up from behind the bar, uh-huh. up over the bar, double-handed, up into the rafters, and the guy uh, mid-sections it right there and hangs. He goes, Oh! oh. <laughs> And but then the mayhem's not over. Well, then the cool thing is, is that Arnold walks out of that room and they do one of the aftermath shots that they usually give you in these action movies. And they allow that stuntman an extra gag because then he comes down from the rafters. Uh, st- both feet hit the table, but the table collapses underneath him. So he's got a table fall uh-huh. as he comes down. For- I mean, that dude... He earned his money, and God bless him, it looks great, you know? It's awesome. You yeah, could just have me fall, but what if? Yeah, exactly. What if? So, you know at the end of that scene, that dude is going to the hospital. You know what I mean? <laughs> he Arnold has broken that his table. <laughs> that dealer should have just said, Lemansky's in the back, he would have been fine. But no, now he's in the rafters. And now yeah, he's... but that's the thing, Lemansky wasn't there. <laughs> See, he should have he lied. And said, Lemansky's in the back. Let me go get him. Yeah, let me go get him for you, sir, you big hunk of meat. Fuck. Don't you throw me in the rafters. You Austrian Yeah. <laughs> Don't throw me in the rafters. <laughs> so, so Arnold, delighted by the mayhem that he has just caused, decided that he's not finished, jumps in a tow truck, and apparently just drives through the entire city block. Well, now, here's the thing, though, is that they show what a considerate individual Arnold is because they had that family of, like, four or five people right in front of the building, and he said, could you move to the side, please? Thank you. You know, and then he drives the the tow truck The in. one time in this film he does not endanger everyone around him. Well, uh, he saw them. So, you know, <laughs> he had some concern because he actually saw them, you know... 
when you're he shooting wasn't guns, in a blind murder rage. Right. Yet. When you're shooting guns through walls, bullets flying through walls, you can't see who's on the other side of the walls. You just assume they're all bad guys. So yeah. And in this movie, mostly they were. Yeah, he just drives a fucking tow truck right through through an entire building. And then gets out, walks away with a big satisfied smile on his face. Uh-huh. See, now that's the other interesting thing about this Raw Deal movie is this guy is doing massive amounts of property damage and he walks away with a smile on his face like... <laughs> like, man, I've been itching to do that for a long yeah, time. Gee, golly, g- willikers, isn't this fun? Good thing this rogue FBI agent has hired me and given me an arsenal and money. Yeah, and literally free license to go cause as much mayhem as possible. Off the books, of course. Because Completely plausible so, deniability, Arnold. So that it can't be traced back to us. So you're on your own. Yeah, if you get do arrested. Do whatever you want to do. But if you get caught, uh, I'm going to cut you off. I don't know you. You're on your own. Fuck you. But do this favor and avenge my dead son. Mm-hmm. That is, that's, uh, but that's not the raw deal. Remember, this is Arnold making, you know, getting his payback for the raw deal. And his payback is enabled by his ex-FBI friend asking Arnold to go on this revenge rampage for him. This is, this is essentially where we're at with this whole thing. And uh, have we but, met... Um, but also, let's do a Donnie Brasco, and you get in real tight with the highest levels of the mob real quick. <laughs> not just real quick, like immediately. Within days. Immediate access. And standing next to the number two man saying, I want the number two man's job. And the number two man saying, you can't have it. And Arnold saying, I'm going to get it. And, and the big boss man just going, yeah, well, maybe he should have it. But, but first, I'm going to go rob this guy's girlfriend. Dude. All right. At so let's talk point. about this. Yeah. So let's talk about the girlfriend um, who was... Uh, I mean, the setup was that she was Robert Davi's girlfriend, or at the very least, no, no, he was about, trying uh, to. No, I'm talking girlfriend that he robs for the jewels. Oh, He just robs right. a woman at gunpoint and then strands her and her driver out in the middle of nowhere. Yeah, that was such a bizarre fucking scene. Now, um, uh, remember uh, the restraint that we were talking about earlier? Here, maybe you could have exercised a little less restraint in some scenes, I'm just saying, but... The long and the short of it is, is that here is this woman who Arnold appears in the backseat of this limo, holds a gun to the limo driver. Limo driver is like, what are you doing, man? (laughs) Like, pretty casual. And Arnold's like, just sit tight. Woman comes up, climbs into the car, doesn't bother noticing that there's a strange man, large man, (laughs) with a gun to the back of the chauffeur's head. She just hops into the car. Now, okay. I've had moments where um, I've been in a hurry and I haven't really recognized the car I've jumped into. I'll admit that can happen. Yes. Fine. She sees this incredibly large stranger with a gun to the back of the chauffeur's head and she just goes, what are you doing? And he's like, don't worry about it. Tells the chauffeur to drive and the chauffeur's just like, okay, fine. (laughs) Like, he doesn't give a fuck, dude. Uh Uh-uh. 
Why not, right? Because he is a mob chauffeur. He sees guns every day. I mean, how many times do you have to have a gun to the back of your head before you just don't care that there's a gun to the back of your head? Before you're real numb to it. Yeah, completely. So, yeah, I'm working for free because I lost all my money betting on the ponies. You pull that trigger, buddy. Yeah, please, (laughs) put me out of my misery. Couldn't be worse. Could not be worse. Go ahead. I'm not allowed to go back home to New Jersey or they'll fucking kill me. Well, you know what? Then when you frame it like that, right, it makes sense why in the next shot, Arnold's dropped them off on some sidewalk somewhere in in the quote-unquote middle of nowhere, right? Mm -hmm. He's stolen the car. The chauffeur is more pissed off about that than anything else, right? Why didn't you kill me? I'm making payments on that car, you motherfucker. You know? He's probably like, God damn it! That's Nick. I told Nick I would treat that car so gentle. So, apparently, the only way to gain access to the mob's high-class underground gambling facility is to just give the elevator guy 20 bucks. Right. (laughs) Well, hey, you know, uh, it was a hundred bucks. As a matter of fact, as I recall, it was a hundred bucks, not twenty. So, oh, my mistake. It's a high I, roller. I'm the asshole. Yeah, <laughs> it's a high roller club. I mean, come on. And um, so, yes, a hundred bucks buys him into a club. Again, who is this big hunk of beef? No one knows. He uh, shows up in a nice suit, though. But he says, uh, I need to talk to, I, God damn it, again, I forget the uh, main mobster's name. White Top. Yeah, White Top. And the guy, guy at the casino goes, he's not here. Basically, go fuck yourself. Why are you asking to talk to our boss? And he says, tell him I'm the pain in Lemansky's ass. Yeah, uh-huh. Which, you know, not a bad introduction. Huh, the pain in Lemansky's ass. That must mean you have some awareness of what's going on. Maybe you have a skill set. You certainly heard about, you know... Somebody busted up all these clubs and Well, shit. explosions in industrial parks and, yes. you know, body counts and things like that. You know, men in rafters. <laughs> yeah. So... He, he invites Arnold in. A man with a brain injury because he was punched so hard in the head by Arnold Schwarzenegger that he'll never be the same. <laughs> yeah, because, again, you know... He's now become a burden on his family because the mob isn't going to take care of him. He's well, not as you earner. pointed out, some of these guys are clearly in their 40s and their 50s. They're overweight. They're, you know, they've got guns, which is good, but Arnold's is up there just bashing them full on with his, one of his meaty forearms and knocking their heads in, you know what I mean? Yeah. It's not it's not it's not polite no. is what I'm saying, Chris. <laughs> so uh he gets Arnold uh oh before he is invited back to talk to White Top and Robert Davi. Isn't this where he, he meets, meets the female lead? Yes. Uh-huh. The degenerate gambler <laughs> question mark prostitute? <laughs> well, I think that's a very big question mark. Unwilling prostitute for sure i think we determined well now see because here's the thing we have never in this movie had a moment established where this is her normal means of conducting business because she only really is sold to arnold schwarzenegger (laughs) yeah 
Pretty much. And when we say sold, it's more like, you know, push she traded into debts. Okay, so so um she's compelled, shall we say. Yes. By her own by debts. Robert Davi. <laughs> right. Mm-hmm. So Robert Davi has basically said, you know, you owe me so much fucking money, I'll shave some of that off if you go after Arnold, get next to him, find out what the fuck he's doing, what's he what is he all about. Mm-hmm. Right? And at some point, oh no, that's later. But so she gets next to him, and um, and um, they have a little flirty, flirty back and forth. And before he goes back to White Top, he somehow wins a shitload of money or something, and then just passes it all on to her, gives it to her, and it's basically like, don't spend it all in one place. And what does she do? She spends it all in one place. <laughs> Because she's a gambling addicted, she has problems. She has a heart of gold. Okay? Where, where are you going, Brent? <laughs> I don't know. I'm conflicted about this character because um, she has lovely eyes and hair, and she's rather pretty. Fiery, spirited, but she's portrayed ultimately, as you've brutally made clear, a <laughs> Drunken, she is, she is a set gambling piece. addicted. Yeah, she's quite a set piece in this. She movie. is an object. <laughs> I want to feel bad for her, but there are so many aspects of her life that are like, well, you fucking brought that on yourself, though, if you think about it. So you know, I mean, it's kind of hard to be that sympathetic for her in the whole big picture sort of thing. She's got Robert Davi moving on her. Robert Davi's like, you know, literally damn near just drooling on her neck. Being a real creep. Yeah, uh-huh. Now, uh, it just reinforces he's a bad guy. And he plays the bad guy really well. Yeah. You know? Um, he's hat, really good. Hats off to all of the actors in here because for all of the, you know... Um, Silliness. <laughs> thank you. Uh, they understand what this movie is and they play it to the fullest. They don't try to lean towards camp... They just let the funny shit happen. You know, uh, don't drink and bake. Yeah. Right? Are you, you kidding me? You shouldn't drink and bake. That's fucking hilarious. Are you kidding? That It's brilliant. And, you know, it's a nice single on him, so you can take that and you can put it on, in a commercial or on a poster or anything. Yeah, there was... <laughs> I, I feel like there was very little behind the scenes, like... Hey, in the script, maybe my character should say that... Nope, everybody just went, nope, that's what it says. I'm going to act the shit out of it, though. I'm oh. going to say whatever ridiculous shit they want me to say. Uh, well, yeah, again, dude, 80s. They're figuring out... They already knew the one-liner was the thing. You know, it hadn't been become so awful yet. So at this point, we're still like... We're going with the idea that, you know, the guy gets a thing and there's a bit and it should be. And it, that was appropriately bad. You shouldn't dr drink and bake. You're just like, oh my God, you Austrian fuck. What are you doing? That's terrible, right? Everybody knows it's terrible, but we're getting what we paid for on the ticket. You know the, what I mean? That's what we wanted. They molested, <laughs> murdered, and mutilated. Yeah, they molested, murdered, and mutilated. What the fuck did you just say? Who cares? He's saying something yeah, else. No, Shut up. No script supervisor was just like, 
hey man, we got to make a change because and the director's all of like, that no, sounded ridiculous. And the director's like, no, sounded great to me. Cut, print, move on. <laughs> we are on a schedule. Yeah, and Arnold's like, was that okay? Yeah, it was beautiful. You're great. Don't worry. Don't go changing, Arnold. Don't go changing. So after leaving this meeting, Robert Davi sends uh, th- three middle-aged men. To go fight the largest man on earth in an yeah. alleyway. Again, fucking, the, I mean, good fight scene for what it is. Sure. But yeah, he gives him a real hard knee to the face. Well, One of those dudes is definitely brain damaged. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And that's the thing is that they do show like he shoves this guy into a wall uh-huh. and you're just like, ow, fuck, you know. But I honestly think he has to fight guys who look like that, so it makes sense that they're moving about as slow as he moves, you yeah. know, and fight about as fast. You would buy that, okay, Arnold may be big and everything, but if you put him with, like, three or four guys who were, like, genuine, yeah. you know, hitmen who are well-trained and tactical in their fighting. You don't have Arnold Schwarzenegger fighting Wesley Snipes. Yeah, exactly. Exactly. Wesley, Wesley Snipes would dismantle him. That's a perfect example right there. He would just right embarrass there. Arnold. <laughs> yeah. It'd be now, like watching Keanu Reeves in Dracula when he has to act with Gary Oldman and Anthony Hopkins. And yeah, like, and they oh, just... they just man. Yeah, 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 true. They just push his face into the mattress. That's an... Yeah, excellent. Yeah. Yeah, exactly right, dude. Exactly right. So, um... So Arnold, uh, let's see now. Robert he disma- Dobby sends he dismantles the guy. three men in an alley, mm-hmm. and that's when the uh, detective that's kind of onto him, yeah, shows up, and that's where we learn that uh, the P in Joseph P. Brenner stands for pussy. Yes, mm-hmm. because somehow that's funny in a weird way. Yep. I don't know. And delivered super awkwardly by Arnold. Pussy. He was really delighted to say the word pussy. You know, I think I I don't fully understand that joke other than it's just an opportunity to have a swear mm-hmm. in it, you know? And like I said, Arnold looked delighted to say <laughs> the word pussy. I've been working with my speech coach all day on this word. Listen. Now I get to talk about something I like. <laughs> <Yeah>. <laughs> right, right. So, yeah, so uh, Chicago local. Detective picks him up, brings him in, investigation, right? Because FBI, uh, again, Arnold's off the books. So, uh, wait, doesn't this guy recognize Arnold as No, like, no, no, this is just a local This is the uh, bald Chicago detective cop. guy. Yeah, yeah. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And he's like, what are you doing? And he's like, nothing. We were just having a conversation about uh, this was a simple mugging. Yeah, right? yeah, because the three of the... <laughs> Hear the sirens and pull up. Oh, Jesus, the cops! And then yeah. get out of oh, there. Oh, yoinks, let's get out of here. <laughs> let's cheese it. My, <laughs> my wife is making pasta. I gotta go. Yeah, so they do that. Off they run. And uh, Arnold gets brought in. And um, and then doesn't he meet a girlfriend then again after that? Yeah, because that's when, after that, is when he pretty much goes and gets a job with them, where they actually, like, hire him. Right? Yeah, because somehow, beating these three men, it, he passed the test. Yeah, and he sees uh, the female lead outside again, she mm-hmm. says, oh, at least I got out of here with cab fare tonight. 
Yeah. Because she is straight up a degenerate gambler. <laughs> yeah, because think about the timing of this. They pull Arnold away from the table. He leaves her with a stack of chips that's like her, both of her arms wrapped in front of her on the table. So we're talking, you know, at least five, six stacks of these big black chips, 30, 50 of these chips. And the implication that this is like tens of thousands of dollars, if not more, right? Arnold gets up from the table after giving her that stuff, goes, has this short conversation, goes to leave. Davi sticks the guys on him. He beats him up, talks to the cops, leaves, comes around the other side of the building, and there she is, broken penniless with cab fare. Five minutes, was that? Ten minutes? What did you do with all that money? Gambled it, Brad. <laughs> Gambling is a horrible addiction, and if you feel that you have a problem, you should please seek help immediately. So Lemansky tries to kill Main Gangster mm -hmm. in the cool school bus... Uh, shootout yeah i know you got a mosquito good job yeah, i'm so proud of myself sorry what were you saying the uh school bus shooting where lemansky tries to assassinate uh white top see now this this made no sense whatsoever because at first i thought oh well this is kind of a clever you know kill box uh white top's dead there's no chance whatsoever and the bus rolls up shoots and keeps on rolling away so like doesn't stop and and level the whole car shred the car shred everybody in the car around the car you know behind the car in front of the car it just keeps on rolling it's like a one pass shooting like that's all it is and white top gets off okay first of all it's white top three bodyguards mm -hmm. four guys total how many people die one tony Tony, not Tony. He was a new kid. He was just doing all right. And we just, yep. you know. And this is how Arnold gets the job because he takes Tony's place. Because he takes kind Tony's of. place. Which is the stupidest fucking thing because you're like, wait a minute. If this was an assassination attempt, which it looked like. Oh, yeah. Why didn't they actually finish the job? Because they were still shooting from the bus even though it rolled away. It, it, I mean... It took me out of the movie. I remember asking you, wait a minute. Is this, you know, just to scare White Top? Because I thought they were trying to... You're like, no, no, he's trying to kill... Really? Yeah, I, I think it is a legitimate assassination attempt. Not a very good one because they're bad criminals. Well, but... it's a horrifically bad one the way that it's executed because there is literally... Okay, so poor Tony falls... To his death. And White Top is furious. White Top falls How to dare the ground. This son of a bitch. <laughs> well, while the hail of bullets are still coming, right? The only thing that these guys are hiding behind is that one beautiful Oldsmobile. Yeah, Oldsmobile. And that's kind of getting shredded by these bullets. Okay, fine. But as the bus is going by, you can see there's a clear line to fire to White Top and at least one of the other guys who are kind of crouched behind the car. The guns do not fire at him or his direction or anything like that. So there's a clear line to get this guy. They don't get him. And instead, like you say, he stands up and he starts shooting at them. And he's like, ah, you missed me, you son of a bitch. And you're like... 
He should be dead. Yeah. Should be fucking dead. I don't or, get or it. Or at least rattled a little. I mean, dude, the idea that he gets up and stands in the line of fire knowing that they're not going to shoot him. I mean, obviously they're not going to shoot him. They they could have. You know yeah. what I mean? And the bus is just rolling away. And unlike the kill box that I thought they were going to set up, I thought there was like a they vehicle in front of their of car. Every single window in that bus. Yeah. They could have all just gotten off of that bus and slaughtered those four dudes. That's what I'm saying. You know, you could have just stopped the bus, had so you guys think it was just a scare. Well, I mean, I don't understand if what else could it be if. Uh, you know, they had such an opportunity and they let it go. Yeah, because this is right after they've had the disagreement that Lemansky's like, oh, well, we can share it. And uh, White Top tells him, like, there is no we. It's yeah. only me. You, And he says, oh, I can come work for you again then? Yeah. yeah. No, you don't work here anymore. <clears throat> yeah, exactly. So in that moment, you would think that it was clear to Lemansky, I have basically one fucking chance. I got to take this guy out. Because I have a bus full of goons with machine guns. Yeah. White Top has given me two days to leave town. That means I've got one day to call my gang together and do one hit and try and take this motherfucker out. Which is what I thought the whole thing was. But then he's got fucking White Top point blank with all of these guns from the bus and nothing. So anyway, all right, we spent a lot of time on this <laughs> Yeah, shit. we really got to Sorry. the bottom of that. Yeah, I, I feel like I wasted everybody's fucking time. <laughs> so, moving you on. I'm real hung up on that. Well, you know, I, it's when there are things right, that so, take me out of the movie, like the Tango and Cash flash scene, you still go, okay, well, what the fuck? Maybe that looked interesting and cool, but still, ultimately, what the fuck, right? So then we see... Uh, I'm sure we're skipping shit, but whatever. Yeah, so Arnold gets hired in. The FBI raid on White Top's stash house, Mm -hmm. where there is just mountains of cash and drugs. And people fucking. Yeah, Uh uh-huh. Well, you know, he was using one business as the cover front to uh, sort of stash and process his uh, cocaine and money laundering business on top of it. Mm -hmm. Oh, heroin, yeah, so it's doubly, triply worse. Uh Uh-huh. And, um... And then uh, they capture all of that, and he, of course, is like, that represented $100 million. And his number two guy is like, yeah, we'll make it up in a couple days. Yeah. It's like, what? $100 million. Holy shit. And the other guy just shrugs it off like, yeah, it sucks, but we'll recover. It'll be fine. Yeah. And it's not even a couple months, a couple days. He's like, yeah, that's the cost of doing business. Yeah. yeah. And really, had they left it at that, they'd have been fine. Once again, correct. Yeah. <laughs> uh-huh. Yeah. But, <clears throat> but White Top uh, takes it personal. Mm-hmm. Takes it personal and is like, yeah, we could write it off. Yeah, yeah. But you know what? It's mine. I want it back. Yeah, fuck that, it's mine. Yeah, and I'm adding the fuck that for emphasis. I paid for it, I want my drugs, and I want my money. Yeah. Uh Let's go get it. And in in the world of bad guys, perfectly reasonable rationalization. Right there, I get it. Okay, we're going to figure out, and his number two guy is like, but there are 50 cops in there. How are we going to clear them out? And he's trying to talk him out of it sensibly. (laughs) Rationally, yeah. Uh, Think about this. 
people might die at the very at the very least they're going to jail 50 fucking cops in the building surrounding your drugs and money yeah you want to effectively break into city hall to steal back your <laughs> drugs and money mm-hmm. which has all been marked oh right yeah yeah all certainly all right um <laughs> so he's trying to pump the brakes on it and they're trying to, uh, the boss is insisting that they figure out how to do this mm mm-hmm. mhm so that's when our hero, mm-hmm. our protagonist, suggests, suggests <laughs> the perfect plan. <laughs> Perhaps you call in a bomb threat. Mm-hmm. If you call in a bomb threat to a police station, they have to evacuate everybody in the police station. Which? It gets everybody out. Gotta and, admit, not a bad plan. Nope. And number two says, yeah, they get bomb threats all the time. Fucking, mm-hmm. so what? What what do you How think? How are is, we going to convince them? Yeah, what's gonna make them actually bite at getting stuff out of this building? And again Arnold. our subcontracted <laughs> FBI agent who just appeared out of nowhere yesterday. Yes. Uh-huh. Suggests Oh, we'll set off a couple actual bombs. Yeah. In random police stations around the city so that they know you mean business. Well, you have to admit, uh, there is a certain uh, panache to taking steps to uh, get yourself to a particular goal, right? To to fulfill your ex-boss's bloodthirsty revenge. But what's funny about it is that, you know, again, it's the new guy who's making these suggestions. Mm-hmm. And you're like, well, now, wait a minute. This is a, a criminal mastermind who, uh, oh, incidentally, dude, I just thought of this. White Top's car had the uh, bulletproof glass, didn't it? I think that was Lemansky's. That was Lemansky's. Okay. Yeah. All right. In the yeah, later because uh, there's car that chase. whole car chase shootout thing. Uh, I just kind of had a thought that uh, in a later thing when Arnold was attacking that they did another close-up on the um, bulletproof uh, glass I thing don't think maybe. so because when they're in that car chase uh, it's all the Mansky's car, car fucking shredded yeah uh-huh as well it should uh-huh. as well it should okay so let's not get too far ahead of ourselves where were we we were with um uh, Arnold suggesting that they actually start blowing up police stations yeah uh-huh and uh, everybody's like, hey, let's listen to the new guy. Good idea. So cut to them planting a bomb in a police station. <laughs> in a vending machine. In Not a just any vending chips. machine. A Tom's uh, Food Services, Tom's Potato Chips and Snacks mm-hmm. vending machine. So we got our product placement advertising. And, uh, you know, in the... Uh, Good old days, they didn't care if you were using their vending machines to blow up shit in a police station. They didn't think that was bad for the brand. They were just happy to be in an Arnold Schwarzenegger movie. We were just happy to be involved. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, so... We will take that advertising opportunity. Thank you for asking. (laughs) Yep, exactly. So they blow it up. um, And, of course, um, now this is just stage one. And this is where we had a good chuckle because uh, Harry, his uh, FBI contractor, mm. shows up at the crime scene. They're like, oh, what are you doing here? 
Like, oh, this is what my friend who's undercover working for me as a rogue agent, this was his idea. Because it's shown that Arnold is still running things by him and telling him what he's doing. Because remember, they're back at the hotel after that and they're fucking pounding beers and he's telling him that he just, he suggested that they put bombs in the police stations. Okay, right. Because I think, I'm pretty sure that's what happened because after that, him and Harry are just cracking beers in a hotel room. Well, you know, their whole, um, I gotta tell you, there are moments when I was in and out about this thing. You know, like I would be having those moments where I'm wondering what the fuck just, what was I witnessing, you know? Uh-huh. <laughs> but, um, but so, uh, I may have missed some of the conversation between, uh, him and Darren McGavin, Harry, right? But, um, their whole, for me, their whole relationship is very simply, hey, you know what? Uh, my son got murdered by these guys. So here's what I found out. Okay, I'm going to go um, do some more criminal shit. You're cool with that, right? Yeah, but if you get arrested, I still don't know you. But yeah. I appreciate what you're Who doing. Who can I get to avenge my son's death? Oh, my former subordinate <laughs> disgrace <laughs> FBI agent. But you see, Kaminsky. here's why it doesn't make sense overall when you get down to the core of it is... He chose to resign and move his ass to Chicago. It's never specified that he's living in Chicago. That's just where he ends up going because the mob is there. Okay. Okay. All right. Good point. I don't point. think it's ever specified. But he chose to are. resign and effectively lay low, not do anything, make the choice to, um, you know, um, protect his wife, even though she's a lush and hates him for what he did. He's ultimately demonstrating at the top, he's not really a guy who goes and fights things. He's a guy who's, like, going to make this decision, right? And then off comes uh, Harry saying, oh, hey, you know what? Um, here's an opportunity to get your badge back. I want you to go undercover. And he's literally going in with, like, fucking grenades and shotguns and automatic weapons and just fucking wrecking everything. And you're like, well, oh, okay, where where did that whole sort of... Uh, switch into this kind of an action hero come from from the setup you know what i mean so uh anyway so <clears throat> the, uh the gangsters uh corner the senator yeah and get word that it's probably harry who has somebody after them right, right. so they have to go kill harry and who's gonna do it Arnold. joseph p brunner Right. Get Brenner to do it. P for pussy. Yep. Right. Well, he's got to prove himself, and if there's a mole, well, it's got to be the new guy, right? So send the new guy to kill... To kill the cop. Right. And then we'll know for sure. Right. This is... Okay. Right. This is the shootout that I'm I sure was confusing with. I'm sure we skipped some with. shit, but who gives a fuck? Well, yeah. I mean, so there's... what yeah. they decide to do is to shoot Harry, presumably at his son's funeral. Because there is a funeral happening in the background. There's a funeral happening in the background. Harry is there paying his respects to his son's grave because he's still mourning the loss. They know Harry's going to be at the graveyard, so they're going to do the He's hit. there every day at three. <laughs> Basically, yeah. Uh-huh. So they're going to show up there and do the hit and make Arnold do the hit, right? And Robert Davi is there 
to watch this whole interaction and see whether or not Arnold gets exposed, right? So sure enough, everything pops off, literally, because Arnold points his gun, Darren McGavin turns around and is like, hey, Arnold, and then sees the gun and goes, oh, oh shit, and then sees the three guys and quicker than fucking Lone Ranger whips out his pistol and goes, bow, and touches off the whole fucking shootout. Right. While there is a funeral happening in the background. In the background. Screaming bystanders are running away from a gunfight that broke out at their funeral. Yeah. I mean, uh, in those, uh, yeah. Yeah, yeah. I mean, fucking crazy. But honestly, the, the funeral in the background didn't throw me as much as, God damn, this whole thing just touched off so quick uh-huh you know and uh so anyway the... arnold goes to check on harry and harry tells him like no nobody knows that you are working for me you got to get the fuck out of here harry gets gunned down he drops right we see like squibs pop off boom 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 so we know he got hit he goes down the guy to schwarzenegger's right the guy just Gets carrying hit. a sawed-off shotgun through the cemetery. Yeah, just, oh, la, la, la. No, these are the flowers. These are flowers. It's not a shotgun. It's flowers. And uh, he he gets killed, dropped. Robert Davi gets the slow-mo, three bullets in the chest, going down, you know, hero sacrifice, whatever. And Arnold, untouched, walked away, not a scratch on him. Right? How the fuck does that happen? Dude? And emotionally unfazed. He just yeah. murdered two people. Easily. Now, you'd think at the very least, shotgun guy would have been like, okay, if old guy is here and Arnold is here, I'm just going to, you know, boom to Arnold first because we know now he's, he's the guy you got to fucking take out. Mm-hmm. Right? Because old guy, you know, anyway. So, so it's a great shootout and, um, Harry is like, get the fuck out of here. I'm fine. I'm fine. I'm fine. And Arnold's like, I don't believe you. And he's like, believe me. And so. (laughs) But you have to go because you are now a wanted murderer in in a shooting at the cemetery. With multiple witnesses because the funeral was happening. Right. Yes. Yes, exactly. So, uh, Arnold. And all of your credentials are false. (laughs) Completely. <laughs> right. So Arnold, fugitive from justice, decides to, to that... Get uh, armed to the teeth. Yeah. Uh-huh. <laughs> he goes back home and gets out two duffel bags and loads every single automatic weapon known to man. Well, dude, this is, this is why these movies are so fucking awesome, right? His, his awesome-ass half-gun belt, or his half-ammo belt. No, no, okay. Let's, let's not get too far ahead of ourselves. Because he goes to the apartment. of the weapon. Yes. Let's examine this, dude. He goes to the closet in his hotel room or apartment, right? He pulls out what looks like uh, the suit hangers, right? The plastic suit hangers that you would normally find a three-piece suit in, protected in this wrap. Lays them out. The first one he unzips has pistols, shotguns. Different types of firearms, uh, magazines for bullets for those. 
And then the other one, oh, um, it actually, it, it doesn't just, fold out like a suit bag. It's actually a duffel bag. And the duffel bag is just uh, bandolier straps over bandolier straps of shotgun shells. Different types of bullet shells. I mean, this it's dude... It's overflowing like the pot of gold at the end of a rainbow. It was custom-designed luggage for all of his particular pistols and favorite firearms and favorite weapons. He made his own toy box for his guns, his travel kit toy box for guns, dude. That's what I'm trying to impress upon you. You don't see that kind of glorious attention and adoration to firearms anymore. <laughs> In his first order of business? Hmm. Loads them all up. Make sure they're all ready to fire. And, but his first order of business is huh. to drive to the quarry. Yeah. Uh-huh. And massacre <laughs> yep. like 12 people. To the tune of I Can't Get No Satisfaction uh-huh. by Rolling Stones. So we got our, our lovely uh, musical uh, arrangement. He is just drive-by shooting dudes. Dude, he kicks out the front windshield he, so par- that he, he can parks, shoot better. He parks on the <laughs> edge of the quarry, Yeah, unloads a few shots into the windshield, yeah. begins kicking it, can't get it out from kicking it, and bashes it in with a rifle butt. Yep. Mm-hmm. Yeah, and... and Initially, you're like, I wonder I, why, why did he's they doing show that? us having why? What I'm wondering though is why did they show us him having just a real rough time trying to get that windshield out of there? Yeah, you know, now that you mention it, why did it they spend? Why did they spend so much time showing him bash a fucking windshield? That's true, man. He should have just kicked it out first try. That would have been the they badass s- action movie thing. <laughs> they to spent do. more time on him beating the shit out of that windshield than him beating the shit out of those three guys Robert Davi sent at he him. He spends longer on that <laughs> windshield than he does on the principal villain of the film. Yeah. <laughs> And the villain doesn't get to monologue at the end either. No. Yeah. So, okay. So, anyway, he goes into the quarry, drives around, drives back and forth. He's in an open-top convertible. Uh-huh. White, with, white convertible. With men in uh, hanging off the sides of cranes with long-range rifles with the ability to shoot down at him like a kill box In would strategic be. locations. Yes. yes. Yeah, they uh, are set for war. They are literally positioning themselves they have for the operators. Exactly, <laughs> they have positioned themselves perfectly to respond to someone in an open-top convertible who might be driving towards them. I mean, he may have a submachine gun in his car, but it doesn't have the range of those long, those long-range rifles that they have. Well, counterpoint, yes, it fucking does, because he essentially snipes dudes out of towers with, like... Oh, dude. I, what what kind of gun? You know more about guns than I do. What is that? Uh, well, the, um, that one that he has, I don't know the fucking name of it. It looks like it's some sort of uh, modified Heckler and Koch, but it's a 9mm. The magazine's probably about 35 bullets, though. Uh, I can tell you about that much about it. It's a fully, what's depicted there would be a fully automatic rifle in those sort of open, open air wind conditions in the quarry, depending on um, the shots. It's possible he could shoot from a moving car and hit somebody who's just standing on a crane. 
in without any coverage it's possible but it's extremely unlikely for so many other different reasons however the guy standing on the crane stationary with the ability with a a, a high-powered rifle to position his shot aim and sort of track the movement of the car and anticipate the placement of the bullet make that shot that's far more plausible, but that's not what happened. No, Arnold um, is far more accurate than these trained hitmen. <laughs> and uh, as usual, as, and as you pointed out, you're like, oh, he's probably out of bullets for that gun, so he does a quick turnaround and reloads his gun. I was delighted to see that though, because uh-huh. one of the things about movies and uh, it does it later in this movie. <laughs> yeah, exactly. Or endless bullets, but no, in this scene, he actually stops. He st- he doesn't reload while driving because drive you know right he don't safe. drive don't drive while distracted right well you know don't drink and bake and don't drive and load your gun yeah you know you so, can shoot it just don't see, load it while driving these movies are educational Chris and that's the point they're mm-hmm. educational so uh, <laughs> but also it's a bloodbath <laughs> long story short it's a fucking massacre well yeah but to uh, to me side note with those movies. Uh, if they pay attention to reloading the weapons, then I do give them a tick up in the marks because at least they're paying attention to bullet counts, knowing that they are doing actual massacres. If you if you show them reloading every once in a while, then I go, okay, all right, um, you know, it's it's not as bad a comic book movie. You know what I mean? And one very important thing that we forgot to mention about yeah. this scene. Hmm. Is that while he is loading his guns and during this, he has uh, put on his badass leather jacket. Oh, yeah. So he's in a white wife beater, mm-hmm. black leather jacket, mm-hmm. looking slick as fuck. It's about as uh, tough, American tough guy uh, as you could be at that time. You mm-hmm. know, you had the jeans, like you say, the white uh, muscle shirt. Not quite the wife beater, because the wife beater, like that that one's more like a, a exercise athletic muscle shirt. You're right. It, the wife beater is, I always uh, picture like... Mustard stains. and yeah. Exactly, dude, exactly. Yeah, you know, the whole pot belly so, thing yeah, happening. You're right, you are correct in... But, uh, in giving credit to the undershirt in which he was wearing. Thank you, Brad, for clearing that up. Well, Arnold just got such style after but all. But what I was getting <laughs> what I was getting to though is that yes, it is an absolute massacre at this quarry. Yeah. So much so that the next cut that we see is a news broadcast mm-hmm. of the anchor saying, We don't know what's happened here, but there are tons of dead bodies everywhere. Yeah. It has been a massacre. I mean, and in that whole uh, scene, that's the one where he basically uh, uh, uses the grenade, right? Mm-hmm. And blows up. <laughs> yeah. Oh, man. Yep. Again, all practical stunts. God, that's, God, I love these movies. So anyway, nobody knows who the madman was who made the assault. And even White Top is like, I can't believe this happened to us. Who could have done this to us? But the thing that is most unbelievable is that not only could killing that many people not just change you as a human being, right? but also there is no goddamn way that he would have survived that head-on collision (laughs) into a dump truck. (laughs) Well, they do show him, like, shaking his head, 
and you know getting himself together he must have dinged his his noggin on the steering wheel so i mean he he is he's not unstoppable chris well, yeah, so that's when uh, we get the obligatory shot. But it is a great shot. stunt, isn't it? The obligatory I mean, shot after the news broadcast is shut off of White Top just yelling, Brenna! <laughs> <laughs> so yeah. by this point, the mom yeah. knows it's him. Yep. And mm-hmm. guess who's at the door, baby? Um, security cam. <laughs> yeah. Shooting out cameras. <laughs> Dude, and, you know, that shot through the security camera to me was very reminiscent of the Terminator shot because he's got the two, he's got the semi-automatic on the one hand and in the other one he's got the uh, shotgun. Yeah, like you said, it's like, it's the police station, right? Yeah, yeah, so he shoots the camera and they're like, oh, now it's on, you know, and uh, and they get into this whole uh, beautiful gunfight scene where... The whole club starts to get taken down. <laughs> yeah, because they're all waiting by the elevator with their guns, and when they finally hear that elevator ding, they light that motherfucker up. As but there you is would. No, but there is no one inside, Brad. But guess what? Surprise, Where Arnold, from the vents! <laughs> <laughs> you know what? And <clears throat> it's funny. There is no way that that Austrian hulk of a man fit inside those vents. Well, you know, one thing that they did that I really give them credit for is they did the spooky sound thing, right? Because yeah, he they light up the, the fucking elevators. Like a goddamn monster. Well, they light up the elevators, right? Elevator doors open and they do the slow creep up to it. And it's it's literally like, what, is he going to hop out from the, uh, you know, the security door at the top of the elevator, where mm-hmm. is he coming from? But no, you hear this kind of weird sliding and thumping, and you're like, what the fuck is going on? And then suddenly, the air duct vent opens up, fucking Schwarzenegger slides out of that, drops to his feet, and full-on levels everybody in the room. You're like, where the fuck did you... What? I mean, it was funny. It was like a Three Stooges entrance. Uh-huh. You know what I mean? <laughs> Surprise, fuckers! <laughs> boom, boom, boom! You know, massive gunfight ensues. Brilliant. Yeah. Uh huh. But uh, that's that's a great fucking entrance, though. You know what I mean? Because it occurred to me, even Die Hard, where um, we see that whole using the air ducts so much, even with all that air duct use, it was not as uh, creative and efficient as what they did in Raw Deal using them with Arnold. You shut right the hell up. <laughs> <laughs> That's not true and you know it. Come out to the coast. We'll get together. We'll have a few laughs. One of the best fucking little one-liners in that whole fucking movie, dude. Love that movie. So uh, Arnold is uh, by now just absolutely covered in both his own and every bad guy's blood. Yeah, like literally. Yeah, his leather suit, his his jacket, it's all fucked up. He's he covered looks in like blood. He's a madman. He's doused in blood. Yeah, he's literally he's doing the wide-eyed faces where it's like more for you and for you, you know, he's like he's clearly just in his blood rampage now. <laughs> yes. Yeah. Full uh-huh. blood rage, yes. Yeah, uh-huh. And um so um White Top basically gets, um, decides that somehow running into his office. Him and number two. Yeah. 
Uh, Scarface guy. They yeah. run into the office. Arnold kills everybody in the bar area, including the one that I thought was very funny. It was uh, he hide, he, he like hides or uh, peekaboo kills that guy, because the guy is uh, behind the bar, mm-hmm. and there's the pillar. Oh and Arnold yeah! Goes to the left. The guy's not there. Looks to the right, and the guy tries to shoot him from behind the pillar. Arnold pops out and just straight murders this man yeah. uh-huh. from like a foot and a half away. <laughs> just blows his soul away. Well, the guy shouldn't have looked at him like that. <laughs> you know, he had a chance. He had his chance. So uh, Arnold kicks the door in, mm-hmm. and this is what I thought was very funny: was uh, there was no. Big Bad or uh, uh, a heavy, really. He just straight up kills those two. Well, yeah, that's what I. That's why I kind of uh, started to pause there a couple minutes ago. Because as I'm remembering it, I mean, White Top is literally running for his desk, presumably for a gun or a phone or something. And Schwarzenegger shoots him in the fucking back mm-hmm. and lays him out over Three the times. desk. Three times, right. And not just with that wonderful semi-automatic where it would kind of justify, okay, squeeze the trigger, three rounds come out easily. No, it's the shotgun. So he's conscientiously pulling the trigger three fucking times with a shotgun, which is effectively blowing apart his guns and internal organs with every fucking round that hits his torso, right? Mm -hmm. You really only needed one shot. Right. Sure did. (laughs) Arnold lays him out over his desk, comes in and just basically makes sure that the job is done. So the big bad guy didn't get a monologue, didn't didn't even get a, I built all of this myself. You think you can come in here and do this to me? No. No. None of that. He dies very unceremoniously running for his life after screaming, call the fucking cops. Yeah. Yeah. Uh Uh-huh. Yeah. Yeah, and at the top of that whole nightclub shootout, at the top of that whole scene, right there is when he should have gotten his number two and gotten out of the building and said, call the cops. If he had done that right then, while there, Arnold was just mowing down the rest of his fucking crew, he might have had a chance, right? I said, they tried to get away. Arnold kicked the door in to murder them. Yeah. So, okay, all right, so Arnold <laughs> Arnold has delivered his revenge and retribution. He has uh, returned the raw deal for the raw deal that he was given, which we still don't really know. He, he's taken out the gangsters that killed his, uh, his friend's son. Right, killed his friend's son. Um, and that, then he walks that back wonderful, out. Well, mm-hmm. oh. side note, we skipped this thing. That wonderful um, drunken woman gambler that lady uh somehow in all of the all of the stuff that we've skipped over um arnold steals two hundred and fifty thousand dollars from the bad guy puts her on a boat and says on a plane when he leaves yeah okay says get the fuck out of here and she and they have a whole casablanca moment where she's like you're not coming with me are you and he's like of all of the places and all of the worlds you had to show up here I'm telling you, darling, maybe not now, maybe not tomorrow, but soon. You're going to regret this decision. you got to get on that plane. Go. Take the money. Get out of here. Be happy. This is my life, not yours. 
Anyway, you got to see Casablanca. It was Casablanca. nowhere near as eloquent as that. I've seen Casablanca. Come on. <laughs> Fuck you. <laughs> no, but what I was getting at is that not only... While we were talking about the yeah. bloodlust of this entire scene... Yeah. After he unceremoniously just shoots the uh, white top in the back, mm-hmm. he walks back out and finds the senator cowering under the bar. Yeah, uh-huh. Who's the guy who apparently was also involved in... Schwarzenegger having to make the decision about this raw deal. Yeah, the he was the guy who yeah put Schwarzenegger in the position to where he had to retire or be kicked out. Right, as he as he so eloquently put it. Right, right. So we still don't know what this is. I mean, it's an ultimate MacGuffin before that became a thing, and he he puts a gun, loads a gun, gives it to the guy, and says. Now it's your choice. You can resign or, or be prosecuted. Or be cro- prosecuted. But before that, he looks at this man dead in the eye and mm-hmm. says, A lot of people are dead because of you. That's right. He fucking after, blames the guy for his blood rampage. I fucking forgot about that. After he has <laughs> murdered wow. about 40 people that afternoon, mm-hmm. he has. The, uh, what is it? The, uh... The only thing that would make it better, he has the gall, the audacity, (laughs) to dare to blame this guy for all of his murderous rampage. The only thing that would have made it better if he said, Harry says hello. Right, but I'm saying, what he's saying is that he's doing a lot of mental gymnastics to justify what he has done as being right. And this FBI agent blowing this whatever case for him, for whatever conduct he displayed... Mm-hmm. And probably a few people died. Mm-hmm. But he has just murdered 30 people that afternoon. Yeah. And that cognitive dissonance to be able to compartmentalize those two into being completely different actions is amazing. And good thing it works out for him. God bless America, baby. That's mm-hmm. the 80s. Fucking right. Yeah. Those were our heroes. That's another reason why it's so fascinating. Okay, I haven't seen this movie in probably 10, 15 years. And um, it is amazing to sit and watch this now. And remember, this, these were our heroes, is a guy who's literally given free license to go on a psychotic blood rampage and literally slaughter dozens of people. And he nobly uh, gives a, a drunken, doesn't get her into rehab, just enables her with enough money and anonymity to go somewhere else and blow $250,000 in a weekend, After she is a known associate, after (laughs) he has murdered countless people that day, Mm -hmm. he gives her $250,000 of stolen money... Yeah, should have uh-huh. been evidence in a of a crime. Yeah, uh-huh. puts her on a private plane and says, "Go start your life over somewhere else." Yeah, if you don't do it now, you never will. Well, you know the funny thing about the she is going to be arrested and prosecuted within weeks. Oh, dude, guarantee you, the minute the plane landed, wherever the fuck it landed, it was swarmed by cops. She was picked up. Everything was confiscated. All of that, because I mean. As you just rightly pointed out, $250,000 of money that had been confiscated, uh, stolen back, confiscated again, (laughs) right? Yeah. And then 
he steals it from that. So there's at least three places where people are like, wait a minute, we're missing $250,000, Arnold. (laughs) (laughs) And again, as you stated, it has all previously been police evidence. It is marked. (laughs) Yeah, it's fucking marked, dude. (laughs) She spends any of that money and she is going to prison. And, and, you know, uh, I, I keep saying, though... Clearly, she has a heart of gold. She deserves the $250,000 for all of the suffering and abuse that she clearly had to deal with from Robert Davi and White Top and just being a gambling-addicted... Question mark prostitute. Potential prostitute. Right. Mm -hmm. But she's very cute and had lovely hair and beautiful eyes. So that counts for a lot. Thank you, Brad. (laughs) But everything's fine in the end. Harry's still alive. Yes! Oh, man. Greatest... Okay, greatest scene at the end because here's... This is probably my favorite part of this film. Arnold as the friendly bully. uh, I mean, Darren McGavin, God bless him, great actor, is sitting there chewing up the scenery in this scene. I mean, I love him, but this scene, he's... Being an old crank at his physical rehabilitation nurse. Right. His nurse, Conchita, is simply trying to get him out of his wheelchair and walk. That's her name. That was her name, right? I don't know. I made up a name. Oh, I thought for sure... No, that's... It's just his nurse. All right. I thought that was her name. At any rate, either so, way, it's him yelling at a Mexican nurse, just telling her that no, saying, hey, I'm not going to walk. I lost my son. I lost my legs. There's no point in walking. There's no point in doing anything. And Arnold is like, you can push me back to my room or into the middle of the street for all I care. Right. <laughs> yes. Uh huh. Well, the man is clearly traumatized and feeling depressed. And Arnold shows up. And says, hi, how are you, my friend? Like, he's a little dog. How's my good little puppy? And Harry... Are you doing okay? Perks up immediately at the sight of Arnold. Right. Harry he goes... He is so happy Arnold. to see him. Yep. He forgets all about that bitch nurse. Yeah, this woman here wants me to walk, of all <laughs> things. God, I don't... Who knows what she's thinking? She wasn't pushing me through verbal abuse. Right. Her middle initial isn't P for pussy. <laughs> hey. And Arnold's there, and he's like, hey, come to the pussy. Come on. You know, and he convinces Darren McGavin, very nobly, to stand up on the... How does he convince Darren McGavin, Chris? By bringing up his dead son. And then... Did you ever give up in front of Blair? And oh boy, does Harry dig deep at that point. Well, okay, okay. He digs deep, He does. He digs deep, but... But... He's... At that point, he's standing on the even bars, getting ready to do his gymnastics. How does he get to standing on the even bars? Remember, Arnold, in all of his good-natured, friendly way, sneaks up behind Darren McGavin, grabs him in a half-Nelson, pulls him out of his wheelchair... And just plops him between these bars. And just plops him between the bars, basically saying, catch yourself or fall flat on your fucking face. And there's the nurse going, 
This is so heartwarming and touching. I love this display of masculine bonding, as Arnold is helping his friend to blow out both of his kneecaps by forcing him to stand on them unevenly with his weight when he's Before not properly he's prepared. Yeah, when he's not properly prepared to put any weight on them yet. So anyway, so there's Darren McGavin, and Arnold's going, Think of your dead son! <laughs> I don't know what him, that accent was. And he gives him a real uh, Republican pull-yourself-up-by-your-bootstraps, Harry. Yeah, you exactly. You need to walk again. Exactly. The problem's your problem. You need to work it out. You need to take those first steps. And they do those lovely close-ups of the dangling feet that are like... <laughs> oh, my God. ...that are like unnecessarily sideways, you know? And unnecessarily crooked as they like flip forward a couple of inches here and there. And there's Arnold close up. Yes! Yes, Sparky! Come, come to me, Sparky! Like a like a little, you know. He is, he's calling him like a pet. <laughs> and Darren McGavin is responding as such. Like, yes, yes, Arnold, I'm coming to you. And he does. He takes uh, then me, what? Three I or can't four? do it! Then meet me halfway. Right. <laughs> meet me halfway, Harry. And Harry's like, I can do halfway. I can go halfway. And he takes those steps, and they have this big brotherly hug. And oh, it is a warm embrace. Man, you know, people talk about man bros, but this, you know, this, you can tell. These guys, they go back. It's more than just bros. It's, it's like They bros. bend to ball games with his dead son. Yeah, it's like Godfathers and and um, Bros and um, I tell you, best decision he ever made: mm -hmm. subcontracting this lunatic <laughs> FBI agent to take personal revenge upon the gangsters of Chicago. Well, and that's the thing because they do a lovely freeze frame with them both smiling at each that other. That is the last frame of the film. Yes. It is. It is, and. Uh, it deals nothing with uh, the massive amount of property damage, the uh, exorbitant amount of funerals mm -hmm. and funeral arrangements, and lawsuits. Yeah, uh huh. The different legal departments squabbling over who has jurisdiction and and you know who who ordered this fucking lunatic to all go of, and do all this stuff. All of the psychological evaluations <laughs> for both Arnold and Harry. Uh, <laughs> yeah, what they don't show you is there's actually a security officer outside the door of the physical therapist's office saying Harry's not allowed to leave without a security escort. No. Oh, and by the way, Mr. Schwartz. Schwarzenegger, we have a couple words for you over here on the other side of the ward. <laughs> the padded room side of the ward, you crazy fuck. <laughs> you don't have any guns so, on you now, do you? So how are you feeling? <laughs> because remember that time that you killed like 40 people that day? And Arnold's like, oh yes, I feel much better now. I don't think I'll be bad like that anymore. I can't even do the accent. I'm not even going to try anymore. Yeah, everything's fine. Yeah. My crazy drunk and wife's pregnant <laughs> <laughs> yeah again we hear that mentioned somewhere around the third act never see her again there's never a phone call no none of this stuff you know the uh the drunken gambler with the heart of gold actually makes a pass at arnold like he's gonna like she wants to sleep with him he doesn't because he nobly remembers that he's married and in that moment, this shrewd, gangster, mall, drunken, gambling, addicted, 
compelled to be a prostitute woman doesn't figure out, well, if you're hiding your marriage, what else might you be hiding? Like maybe you're a mole who's actually setting us all up with your brilliant plans to do all this shit. You, anyway... Yeah, what I'm know. saying, though, is that, okay, his <laughs> wife's a total lush. She's been drunk since she presumably thought that he has died. Her life is f- going to fundamentally change when he just walks right back in through that door and immediately impregnates her. Well, she's already pregnant, though, right? I don't know how long he's been gone. I don't know how long any of this has been. So what I'm saying happened is that he just walked in the door while she was in a just absolute blackout, mm. thinking that she fucked a ghost. <laughs> well, now, honestly, I know this probably sounds bad. Then don't. But Then don't. If you're Arnold, in that moment, what you should do is she's blackout drunk, she's... You just move her to the bed, right? In the morning, the alarm goes off. You're in the shower like Bobby in Dallas, and you're like, oh, hey, honey, how have you been? What do you mean I was dead? Oh, that was all a dream. Oh, I see. Just psychologically manipulate her for the rest of her life. Yes, exactly. You've already fucked with her head so far. What's a little bit further going to do? She's already drunk. You He's can clearly just say, not above it either. Exactly. You know, she's like, wait a minute. I heard you were dead in August. It's now fucking October. No, no, no. It's been October this whole time. You remember in September we went to Cleveland? Did we? Sure. You had all this booze. I'll tell you all about it. Raw deal to Kaminsky gaslights his wife. That's the sequel I want to see, dude. It's yeah. just Arnold Schwarzenegger <laughs> gaslighting a woman. Relentlessly, horribly, <laughs> brutally. Just, yes, yes, believe me, that's what happened. You've just been drinking too much, darling. But two months? Two months gone? <laughs> There's no way. That... Those were the happiest days of my life, honey. We have been so good. You don't remember. I'm hurt. You don't remember all this work we've done on our relationship, you horrible woman. Oh, man. All right. Oh, God. How long has it been? We have... We. All right. So, long story short, raw deal. Excellent film. Yep. Timeless classic. Yep. Get it. Own it on DVD. Own, own... Just own your own. Put put it in your peepers. Yep. Put it, put it right in your eye holes. Brad, 80s action movies the way it should be. Thank you, Chris. What have you got to plug? Quickly. Let's do Um, this quickly. Well, doing things quickly, revamp, new year coming up, uh, planning for the new year. How about you? Uh, This, 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 this. Rock, rock on. Okay, more stuff coming, folks. Thanks for your time. (laughs) Yeah, well, we did wrap that up pretty quickly. (laughs) Well, you said quick, right? We really fucking stepped on the gas pedal. Uh, Fucking A right. Bye, folks. Sorry. Bye. Bye. (laughs) Shit. (laughs)